0: You're listening to ReachMD, and this is Dr. Alan Brown. Today's show is Lipid Lumination, sponsored by the National Lipid Association. I'm your host today, and with me is Dr. Ben Ansell, Professor of Medicine and Cardiology at UCLA in Los Angeles and Co-Director of the Cholesterol and Hypertension Management Program at UCLA. Dr. Ansell is going to discuss the latest trials regarding attempts to raise HDL, including a recent study on a CETP inhibitor called dalsetrafib, as well as the AIM-HIGH trial with the addition of nicotinic acid to baseline statin therapy. And then based on the results of those studies, what his view is of the focus on HDL in the coming years. So, Ben, thank you very much for joining us.
1: It's my pleasure, Alan. Thanks for having
0: me. So these are a couple of studies that have been disappointing to... uh, HDL I would say. Uh, we we had a CETP inhibitor that raised HDL by 30%, but yet uh, did not show a significant outcome benefit in the Dalcetropib, and I'll let you go into more detail on that. And then we tried using niacin on top of statin therapy in patients at high risk with established coronary disease in the aim high trial, and also those results were somewhat disappointing. So if you could, Ben, tell us a little bit about these trials, how they were designed what types of patients we were looking at, and then what you think the implications would be.
1: Well, I'll start with the aim high trial. It it, uh, was presented and published uh, first. This is a trial, I I think, that asked a very specific question, and and it's been interpreted a lot of ways. But the the question I think that is most relevant that came out of that trial is is whether the incremental increase in HDL cholesterol that uh, is associated with extended-release niacin offers additional therapeutic advantage above and beyond what is fairly optimized LDL treatment in patients with coronary disease and low HDL cholesterol. It wasn't so much about the efficacy of niacin in, in raising HDL cholesterol or in lowering LDL cholesterol
0: or even whether
1: niacin has the ability to to prevent uh, coronary events. So those things have been, I think, previously shown and and in fairly convincingly in, in previous trials. But There was always a lingering question about whether the benefits of niacin would be above and beyond that with statin therapy or whether they were a result of the LDL lowering or other atherogenic lipid uh, lowering uh, effects of niacin or whether the HDL cholesterol uh, increase was meaningful. This trial was a a large trial in that it included uh, an adequate number of patients at least by design to answer the question of, of whether uh the, the uh, therapy would provide additional advantage. Um, however, as uh, I think most of the audience probably knows, the trial was stopped early, uh, which created some questions about its power. But to go through just the results briefly, it was a trial in which patients were treated with background statin therapy, in this case, simvastatin, and then that therapy was optimized to the maximal dose of simvastatin or um, additionally possibly the addition of ezetimibe to get patients' LDLs down to the uh, 70 milligram per deciliter uh, goal that's been established for these types of very high-risk patients. Um, And the patients who were in the niacin arm got the background therapy of, of simvastatin with the addition of niacin and then, if needed, additional LDL lowering beyond that. So that the ldl lowering between the two arms as complicated as the comparison was was actually fairly uh, similar and so the comparison became the hdl cholesterol raising with one side versus the other and i say that because both sides actually had a an increase in hdl cholesterol obviously the group that got the nicotinic acid had a significant increase in hdl cholesterol in this case about 25 percent from baseline but so too did the uh, group that got the um, monotherapy, as it was called, the the therapy of of just simvastatin and possibly azetamide on top of that, had almost a 10% increase in HDL cholesterol because it received a um, dummy version of of niacin, a low dose of of nicotinic acid, immediate release so that patients wouldn't uh, be unblinded to um, being in a placebo against active niacin. And it turns out that that does raise HDL cholesterol a bit. But whether the patients were in the group that got that very low dose of nicotinic acid or the more conventional two gram dose of, of nicotinic acid, uh, there was no difference in the primary endpoint uh, in this study, which was a composite of vascular events. And as such, after about three years, uh, the patients um, in this trial were were stopped because of a pre-specified termination criteria and what was felt to be a futile outcome. I think the estimate was something like a one in 10,000 chance that there would be a positive outcome. And with the confidence intervals, they were able to exclude all but perhaps a 10% incremental benefit to that roughly 15% difference in HDL cholesterol, just even with with the trial stopping early. But because it was stopped early, the trial did lack adequate power to make that distinction. Now, I think uh, power issues aside, it obviously was very disappointing because this was the group of patients that most of us felt was probably the most appropriate for combination therapy with statins and and niacin. And the fact that there was nothing uh, to to hold our hat upon to to look to benefit these patients by that incremental increase in HDL was certainly, um, uh, uh, I think, a surprise and disappointing. On the other hand, these are patients who were very, very well treated, and there hadn't really been a study like this before. And there's a reason we do these clinical trials, and it's not because we know the outcomes a priori. So I think it was an important question. Um, It's not really, in many ways, the clinical question that many of us face, which is if we have a patient and their HDL remains low after statin therapy, would they benefit from adding on niacin? and that question may be better answered by the HPS2 Thrive study, which is expected to be uh, presented either later this year or the beginning of next year, in which patients are, are just simply given a background of statin therapy uh, in a similar population um, with the incre- uh, with the addition of uh, nicotinic acid extended release with loropaparanda, a flush blocker, or placebo. Now that won't answer the question of whether it's the HDL-rays, Uh, that uh, is associated with any potential outcome difference, just whether the use of nicotinic acid makes a difference. But it is in some ways more clinically relevant and there are something like 20,000 patients in that study, so I expect it will be uh, adequately powered to to make that distinction. But in the meantime, we have I think one uh, study here which power uh, issues notwithstanding certainly uh, is, a, is a kink in the armor of the uh, HDL hypothesis that uh, most of us assumed, at least with niacin, would probably be adequately uh, answered. Um, the second trial, which was looking at a completely different uh, mechanism, CETP inhibition, um, really was, was trying to ask a very different question, which is, will the use of a CETP inhibitor and the associated change in lipids with dalcetrapib an increase in HDL cholesterol a relatively modest increase compared with the other CTP inhibitors would that result in an outcome difference in this case in um, very high risk uh, acute coronary syndrome patients and there was none and the, again the trial was stopped early in fact the development of that compound was discontinued as a result of that there are many more questions about CTP inhibition and, and its potential impact on cardiovascular risk it's obviously not the first drug to uh, to fail in this uh, area. We had uh, torcetropib about five years ago, which, which failed, most people believe, because of off-target effects, but certainly those off-target effects, which included aldosterone, uh like uh, increase in blood pressure, among others, uh, didn't offset any potential benefits, if there were any, in, in a substantial increase in HDL cholesterol and decrease in LDL cholesterol. And there remain questions about the nature and the function of the HDL that was produced by that compound, and perhaps even dalcetrapib too. But you were a dalcetrapib investigator. I, I imagine it was pretty disappointing for you as well, Al.
0: Yes, uh, and I, this brings up a couple of questions that I want to ask you. So for those just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Alan Brown, and this is Lipid Luminations. I'm speaking today with Dr. Ben Ansell. Professor of Medicine and Cardiology at UCLA in Los Angeles, and co-director of the Cholesterol and Hypertension Management Program at UCLA. So, thank you, Ben, for that really insightful discussion about Aim High, and um, and also your discussion about the Dal Heart Study, which was a study to look at cardiovascular outcomes uh, with dalatrapib on top of a baseline statin therapy. I want to ask you a clinical question as a the director of Olympic Clinic. Uh, I really was hoping that AIM High was going to be looking at people that needed to be treated the way the NCEP guidelines said they needed to be treated. In other words, that you treat their LDL to target, and in this group, though it isn't established as a guideline, you know we all kind of accept 70 as, as the right target for people with established coronary disease. And then if their triglycerides remained above 200, where their non-HDL was elevated, then you would add additional therapy to treat their non-HDL. So it was interesting to me that in AIM High, the average non-HDL was actually pretty much at target 105. The LDL was at goal. So NSEP would have said you don't need to add anything to treat those people despite their low HDL. But it turned out they really didn't have very many patients with high triglycerides, so they couldn't take a look to see if would adding niacin help if you were treating them according to the current NSEP recommendation? So I wonder if you have any thought on that. I mean, I think it answered that if you have isolated low HDL, but your LDL is at target and your non-HDL is at target, you're probably done, which is what NCEP says, right?
1: Well, I think, you know, guidelines are guidelines. In this case, NSEP, uh, t- to be fair to what's, you know, a... Uh, a nameless, voiceless uh, you know, panel that, that collectively you know, issues a statement, there, there wasn't any data to, to make an argument for additional treatment in that group. There certainly was uh, fairly convincing evidence, mostly from the Treat-to-New-Target study, that there remained a significant amount of residual risk, even getting LDL and non-HDL levels, down in that population, that the, the, the subgroup of patients who remain with a low HDL cholesterol I believe in that trial, in the lowest uh, two uh, quintiles, had substantially elevated risk relative to the rest of the cohort, but we just haven't had, aside from in any convincing way to be able to do that, Um, and and it it, was a tertiary recommendation to, to potentially raise HDL cholesterol in that group.
0: So do you think there are any implications about changing the use of adding either phenofibrate or niacin when people do have a high residual non-HDL? Because this group did not, right? So this was treating people with just isolated low HDL. And I think uh, some of our uh, physician colleagues decided that we should just never use niacin or never use phenofibrate based on the accord data. But it looked like at least in a that subgroup that had high triglycerides and high residual non h d l were extremely close if not clinically significant depending on how you split hairs there uh do you th- what do you think would have happened if if they looked at people with high non h d l on a statin with l d l a goal would that be an indication for using niacin? I think
1: on the basis of aim high we have to we'd have to say no um the, and, and it hurts me to say that. Uh, as as you term me an HDL file, I I think that the the ability of HDL raising, at least at that stage of of coronary disease, uh, against that backdrop of of, uh, reduction in ApoB doesn't seem to be very significant, at least with nicotinic acid uh, in that population.
0: And do you think if they had triglycerides of uh, 250 or 300 instead of under 200 and, and had a high non-HDL in, in a population like that? I think
1: like there that, might have been more more opportunity there. there there's, I would suspect have more LDL particles in that population that probably would have been arguably not been optimally treated. Um, obviously, we don't have the advantage of those types of data at this point with, uh, with AIM High. But I, I, I suspect that if we are going to see a benefit, that that would be the type of a group that we would expect to see a benefit. And to your question about phenofiber or really, frankly, the fibrates in general, uh, where they have shown benefits, it, it's almost exclusively been in that population with low HDL and concomitantly high non-HDL, high triglycerides, um, either in TOTO, such as the VA HIT trial, which in fibrozil, or uh, in subgroup analyses. But I'm, I'm loath to make treatment recommendations about... Using agents when they're when they're based upon subgroup analysis and trials that are overall neutral in their outcome, right. uh, or, or or even just based upon trends in that regard. Um, I think the five rates effect in a in a broader population, um, uh, unfortunately, clearly isn't robust enough to be to be adequate to, to really show any kind of benefits in the, in, the, in the broader population clinical trials thus far.
0: Yeah, we still need a clinical trial that's designed the way the guidelines tell us to treat patients, where they really enroll people who have high non-HDL and whose LDL is target. Uh, those are the people that they say we should be going for our secondary target of non-HDL. And we've been pretty unsuccessful in getting a large group of patients who fit that, that set of criteria, despite the fact that it's a secondary target in our guidelines. And the high population didn't have that group of patients. So it's uh it's a very interesting discussion Ben I want to thank you very much for really going into detail on both of these clinical trials as well as a little bit about the background of HDL and its functionality and thanks for joining us my pleasure many thanks to our guest dr. Ben Ansel we've been discussing the Dalcetrapib trials uh, a new CETP inhibitor as well as the aim high trial with the addition of niacin on top of baseline statin therapy I hope you found this discussion interesting and there's many more to, things we need to learn about HDL and we're looking forward to discussing further research in the future. Thank you for joining us.